0: Fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to BT. Now, this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology, and we make it a reality. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, the physics phenom, Dr. Michael Dennett.
1: Dan, it is awesome to be here. And, you know, I did take a film studies course when I was in college, but mm-hmm. I feel like since working with you on this podcast, my repertoire has just mm-hmm. expanded so much. And I really appreciate that cultural addition to my life, Dan. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. You know, I like to look at the weird, strange movies. They they really just tickle this, you know, this inner desire uh for creative ideas so I try to yeah try to expand your mind Dan and like you've expand mind, you know very much like that uh foam under pressure in a shaving <laughs> yes. cream can uh and there's one man who never needs a shave and that's our enigmatic engineer Ben Seepser. Ben how
2: are things up there on the brain station? You know Dan this week I've been noticing some strange visions in my dreams. It, it kind of seems like they're ads. But that's ridiculous. I'm sure I'm just remembering all kinds of fabulous merchandise at low, low prices. (laughs) (laughs) You might be, I think they got to you, Ben.
0: Uh, And by they, I mean tax audit dream tax auditors, which is the main character in this independent movie that we're gonna focus on today called Strawberry Mansion. you guys know, as the master of film and television, I'm always trolling various different places to find cool movies and great technology for us to talk about. And this one was a little weird. I think it's a golden nugget for sure, uh, but the idea that a tax auditor, even in your dreams as a main character, it seems uh, it might it, that might not be for everyone, but I have to say this was a pretty interesting movie. I don't know. How, how did you guys feel? Because I know it may not be right in your wheelhouse.
1: Well, I will have to say first, Dan, I would like to make a minor adjustment to your statement for our audience, because um, in the modern day, I know you said you were trolling and I know sometimes you're the harsher critic oh. of the three of us. But yes. you were trolling as in just looking through. Um, and the original trolling. term for troll. Yes. As the original in like- term. Throwing yes.
0: a, a fishing lure out and just going through and just seeing what yes. I could come up with.
1: So I feel it's important to educate our younger audience, Dan, um, of the enough. use I of the word that. you just had. Uh, you know, I just, as a public service announcement.
0: <laughs> I, I, you're always looking out for me, Tennant. I am, I, I, I am. That. You
1: know, just like when we solved your toilet water problem, we're solving a <laughs> language problem here. <laughs>
2: yeah. you, you've improved my life tenfold. I, I can't thank you uh, enough for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the true problem is you're not doing it with the southern accent. You should be trawling. Oh, is that how it is? That is, you are a
0: southern expert, a southern accent expert. I I did
2: live there for many years. (laughs) Yes, that is very true. Well,
0: thank you guys for that. Uh, And so, uh, what I'm going to give you is the gift of of, uh, a brilliant analysis of this movie. And when you're talking, so the main character is a dream tax auditor who is tasked with going through an eccentric lady's seven-year backlog of dreams which have been recorded on what can only be described as VHS tapes. So there's a lot of analog stuff here. You, you know mm-hmm. I'm super into that. But, you know, I, we're scientists, guys. I'm going to put myself you know, loosely into that category. So, so you know, public policy is not our expertise. <laughs> but I would say that a dream tax, just from, you know, a, an execution standpoint, does seem like a strange way for a
1: government to collect money. Dan, it's not only strange for a government to collect money because I don't even know how you decide what in the dream to tax, right? Like, Mm, what is the product? What is the consumer idea? Like, it really, like, encourages tax fraud or tax evasion because who has Mm -hmm. the time to sit and watch all those tapes? I mean, Mm -hmm. I barely could figure out how to fill out a paper tax form back in the day when you had to do that. Mm -hmm. Um... And now I have to watch my dreams and fill out a form? That just mm-hmm. seems never going to happen, Dan. Never, Very, very unreliable method. You're,
0: yeah. So hold on. You're complaining about a tax form called the
1: 1040EZ? <laughs> uh, yeah, even that one was too hard for me, Dan.
0: <laughs> oh, man. What a wimp. What a bureaucratic wimp! You know. Oh yeah, uh, look, you
1: have you have to remember stuff, and then you get all stressed because, like, I'm really paranoid that really my you know making thirty thousand a year back in the day is what they were going to come after because I'd be off by five cents, right? Um, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you weren't worth it, Denon.
0: Uh, so you yeah. were you were free and clear. You know. Um, what about you, Ben? I mean, I know
2: you you love paying taxes. You, you, well, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I Love paying taxes. I mean, I think the interesting thing is. Certainly, the dream is maybe one of the most universal things uh, mm. you can tax. You know, everybody dreams, and it's probably something people can't avoid mm-hmm. as easily. You know, like I can avoid the gas tax by not driving.
1: Mm-hmm. I can
2: avoid <laughs> yeah. the uh, luxury tax by not buying luxuries. <laughs> like yacht, you could sell your yacht. Just not yeah, buy another I could you one. know not buy a yacht, uh, mm. but. Everybody dreams, or at least certainly can easily be accused of dreaming. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> so I think
2: that's, yeah. you know, if, if the government's really hard up for revenue, I can see it as, you know, a place of last resort at a minimum. Well, you know, I love horror movies. Uh, well, in Nightmare on
0: Elm Street, people do try their best to not dream. So <laughs> there is precedent set up cinematically.
1: No, I like yeah. that, Dan. I also would like to point out that Ben did, did forgot to mention that even income tax, you can um, avoid by just not having either any income or by having too much income. Those seem to be the two extreme ways <laughs> of avoiding income tax. <laughs> um, so, right. so with dreams, I, I'm, I'm with him. Like, it's really, I, I don't imagine the dream waiver. Like, I, I feel like yeah. there wasn't really, you know, that aspect of this. <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, so either way that they do it, right, we can agree that it's kind of bonkers. uh, But (laughs) in order to do it, the key part here, guys, is they have to record dreams. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is there's interesting technology going on here. You know, as you know, I love the analog part of all of this. But there's also, you know, uh, there's some recording dreams is tricky. But I think we first have to start out with describing what a dream is, because, I don't know that we know exactly, just like most things in the human body, we know it's there, we know it serves a purpose, but like the appendix, we're not 100% sure we've got it right.
1: (laughs) Um, The the appendix gave up on us long ago, Dan, we don't need to get it right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. So it's a good example, but we do need to, dreams are still there, they still happen. But I, I like the analogy because maybe they, you know, did something more valuable in the past and they're just a leftover remnant of something early in our evolutionary history and that's why they're so weird and fragmented. right? Um, You know, but I I think for me, one of the cool things about dreams is it really makes me question reality, right? Like, because dreams feel many ways in the moment, the same as reality. So I am one of those wackos. I don't worry about like whether we're a universe and an atom on a molecule somewhere else like that. That standard drug trip, I don't really um, participate in. But I do worry about whether this is real and or the dream is real. Like, which is mm-hmm. the real reality? Um, right. I slightly prefer this one. But I occasionally have really cool powers in the dream, Dan. So I feel like mm-hmm. maybe that is the
2: reality. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the powers, Denon. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm, I'm dreaming, I'm like a Jedi the whole time. You know, I got the <laughs> telekinesis. I can jump high. I can fly. You know, I can do all sorts of great stuff. And out here... I got to obey the laws of physics? That sucks.
0: (laughs) Dude, obeying the laws of physics is a real drag. It's a Like like paying taxes. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it sucks. Uh, And, you know, look, there's there's two things that are certain in life. It's... Well, three things. Death, taxes, and the laws of physics. You know, I think we can include that. uh, A new t-shirt, for for sure. (laughs) Um, So, I think... So, let's talk about... So, when I look at dreams, right, they seem to be your brain kind of processing either what's happening throughout the day mixed in with your emotions and feelings towards it uh and it just i don't know that it's just like a a data dump but it just seems like how your body works through everything you know it's repairing your muscles it's repairing your uh your bones making them grow uh all the other stuff in your body and it's also repairing your brain a little bit flushing all those proteins out yeah that's one way to think about it and if we take that that you know, that less than you know, spiritual or woo-woo type of look <laughs> at it. Think scientifically. Recording them is the next step, but how do we do that, right? And I think you'd have to find some way to map out what's going on in the brain. At least I think so. And luckily, we've got a brain expert who can <laughs> tell me if that's right or wrong, or how to do that, or if he's done it before.
2: Yeah, I, it, it's an interesting thing because the brain. The part of your brain that seems to be the most responsible for dreaming is the hippocampus, which is mm-hmm. really deep there. It's kind of like on the bottom in the middle of the brain. Uh, and and unfortunately, that's something that we don't have a lot of good access to from a mapping and, and measuring perspective because you have basically the whole rest of the brain in the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the devices I worked on could only really um, detect the sur- the surface of your brain where your neocortex is, where all the foldy bits are that are interesting mm. when you're awake. Mm-hmm. Um, but when right. you're asleep, you're going to have to use some sort of far deeper, far more invasive uh, brain measuring technique than what is traditionally used, clinically speaking. And when you say more invasive, what do you mean? Like sticking a pole in there or like a probe? What do you yeah, mean? you might have to stick some probes in. You might have to use, um, you know, you might have to sleep in an MRI. I, I don't know. It, it, it'd, be pretty, it'd be pretty difficult to really get in there. The whole way and map everything you need to to really see what's going on in dreamland well there's an obvious solution to this
1: right Uh and for those who haven't yet they should go watch our DD episode because it's really one of the best and the spell detect thoughts i think really captures this well ben Mm. because you can get the surface (laughs) thoughts without a saving throw of almost anyone and it's only Mm. when you go deeper Mm-hmm. into their thought structure that they get to make a saving throw. So I do think that's the sort of spirit and analog here that we're overcoming. It's 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 you know sort of an analogy to the spell world, but I do think it helps our less technical viewers understand what's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Saving throws are key to preventing others <laughs> from mapping your brain. As I exactly. Think the t- the t- exactly. It. exactly. And right. Yes, exactly. You want to avoid taxes, make sure you get your saving throw. Uh, but you know, you mentioned the parts of the brain. So I was while well, I was doing a little research on dreaming. You're right Ben, there are lots of things going on. The hippocampus is most active. That's the memory part, right? But the mm-hmm. hypothalamus controls the onset of sleep the amygdala that's all of your emotions and as I mentioned when you dream emotions are heavily mixed into that as well which you know affects our perception of what's going on there Uh, you know the thalamus is involved um, the reticular formation uh, regulates the transition between sleep and wakefulness and pons I don't know what a pons is it sounds delicious I know a Ponzi (laughs) scheme is bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know what's going on there, but I know that all these, my point is all of these regions are required, but much like we talked about with memory, your memory is not just stored on a VHS tape locked in your brain, it's stored in several different regions. So again, like memory, dreams do have a very similar
1: formula for their creation. You know, it, it's interesting, Dan, when you talk about that, I've been thinking hard about, like, what's the analogy here to recording the dream and the complexity of it? Mm-hmm. And I had, I had sort of two things I thought of. And, and one, well, I'll start with the first one. Like, it's sort of like trying to record a conversation going on in a room, mm-hmm. like two rooms over. Okay. Um, So if you think about it, right, like if you're in a room, even in a room itself, like a restaurant with lots of conversations, you barely understand what's going on at the other tables, but you can kind of focus. But if you were recording in the next room, the recording would just be total noise and fuzzy Mm -hmm. and quiet. But if you actually knew what was happening and you did the right analysis, you Mm -hmm. could design an algorithm to pull out the conversation. Okay. But if you just took that recording and played it for people, no one would ever understand what's going on. So that's kind of the complexity here, right? Recording the dream and understanding what part of that recording and how your brain is interpreting that part of the recording. It's infinitely more complex because of the collective nature of it and the sort of filtering that goes on. Got it. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was that is one of the biggest difficulties when it comes to, I mean, measuring brain activity in general. It's not something that's obvious outside of things like your motor neurons and things like that, where, like, it's very easy to tell if somebody's, like, moving their arm or something like that because you can mm-hmm. see, what, see those types of activities. But as soon as you start talking about, like, what song are they listening to or mm. um, are they relaxed or not relaxed, are they recalling things or not recalling things, um, you you often have to start doing things with, uh, you know, these machine learning models, very complicated um, algorithms because the reality is our brains are so complex and people, mm-hmm. generally speaking, are kind of different in yeah. their individual ways their brains work. Uh, it's very difficult to pick the signal out of that noise. Well, so here's my question. So when it comes to sleep stages, there are mm-hmm.
0: several, right? So when you're awake, I don't really quite understand what this means. You guys will have to interpret this for me. But when you're awake, your brain is generating alpha waves. Not like radiation mm-hmm. alpha waves, but it's that's what it's operating at, right? I mean, I don't really know what that means exactly. It's uh, just a
1: label, Dan. Okay.
0: That's we what pick I thought. alpha
1: because it's the first thing we measure. Okay. And then we move on through the Greek alphabet.
0: Okay, so we got we got <laughs> alpha waves when we're awake, all right? Yep. Then you go into this really cool stage, which we're going to talk about later, called hypnagogia. And that's basically as the transition from awake to sleep. And there's 9 substages in there. We're not gonna bore the audience with those. <laughs> but this is where a lot of your brain starts to separate from reality. You know, this is where like time dilation comes in. Sleep paralysis can be here. Lucid dreaming kicks off here. Your brain starts to really kinda go crazy. Uh, and there, it, when you get into light sleep, then it's theta waves. Then when you go into the next stage, it's uh, what's called K-complexes, which are long delta waves. Then you get into non-REM, you're in delta waves. REM, uh, the dreaming stage, REM sleep, is beta waves. And these have a similar brain function to when you're awake. Now, why am I saying all this? Because I don't know what any of these waves necessarily mean. But is it possible, Denon, with your theory of conversations in a room, that if you could somehow tune your device to those specific waves, you could read them a little more clearly and separate them from the general brain activity that would be going on.
1: Yeah, I think that's the basic idea. And also, Dan, just as a short side note, what you've pointed out is that the brain studies people do not know the order of the Greek alphabet because they name these all out of order. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason, but yeah, they definitely didn't take dreaming in consideration when naming these waves. Right, exactly. But I think the other, so I'm going to go to the other example now that I think is a little simpler than the conversation to go to exactly what you're saying, right? We've known for a long time, like you send radar into the ground and the signal you get back is all messed up or or even better, you send light into your skin and the signal you get back is all messed up. But we have figured out how to take that signal that to the eye looks like nothing as Ben said, run it through a computer program and get data out. This mm-hmm. is why um, the watches we all wear that I will not name a brand because we're still mm-hmm. in negotiation for money. Exactly. Right, can, can <laughs> sit on your skin and detect all sorts of biological things because it's mm-hmm. all scattered light that's coming off of your body and back in. Right. And your brain signals, the fact that they change lets us know that there is a signal there. And then yes. it's a matter of figuring out basically the reverse algorithm to mm-hmm. pull the actual information out of that signal that we want. And it's two problems with the brain. One is there's a lot of competing signals. So mm-hmm. that signal not only has the dream you want, but it also has all the other stuff your brain is doing, making sure you know your heart runs, you breathe, and yeah. so on. So you gotta do those two things. And then it's also coming out not in the way it's intended to be measured, right? It's a okay. byproduct of your brain activity, not the actual direct. Like your brain is reading something different than we're reading. They're correlated, so you can figure it out, but they're two different things.
0: Kind of like how yeah. heat's a byproduct of the fusion going on in the sun.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Right. I like that analogy, Dan. Once Thank again, you. you get to the heart of the matter, or I the heart cut of the right sun. to the quick. Right.
2: <laughs> I like the I like you mentioning the the, the backscatter because that is like one of the best ways to measure this brain activity. But you're right; it, it is this incredibly complicated thing of you shine light in that. Depending on where blood is in your brain, that affects how much of it backscatters, and you can turn that into a signal. It, it, it's this really impressive stuff. I, I will, I will call you out a little bit on the, you know, you can tell the breathing stuff because that's in the brain stem.
1: Well, yeah, okay. But, I was, I was fudging a little, <laughs> Ben. But I am a physicist.
2: Yeah, but but to be fair, if you're like a dog that you know runs around in your sleep, yeah. uh, that stuff will get mixed up in there, and. <laughs> So, you know, it's the conscious thought versus the unconscious thought stuff that really is how it gets mixed, messed up.
0: That makes, that makes sense. I mean, so at least we can say that this is, it's not impossible, but it's difficult, right? We can all, we yeah. can all agree on that. Yeah. Well, there is, you know, uh, I'm going to do what something I haven't done in a while uh, and drop a surprise on you that there actually are people working on recording your dreams, including MIT. They have uh, this product that was oh, product I don't know if they're putting it to market but this device <laughs> uh, that's called Dormio uh, and it's designed to record the early phases of your dream. So basically, what it is, it's it's a glove that's a biosensor, so it can tell when you're going into sleep. Your body changes, yeah, kind of like a polygraph system. It can tell by your skin conductivity, muscle tone, heart rate. It can tell when you're falling asleep, right? So what it does is when it senses you're falling asleep, it will then start a timer. As this timer will tick down, it'll wake you up gently and then ask you (laughs) what you were dreaming about. Then you tell and you write down and create like a dream log and then you go back to sleep, right? So now this, what they're using, they're using it for something different. We're, we're gonna get to their phase two of this. But let's talk about this phase one part, because I think this kind of gets to what you were talking about, Ben, where you can map out what the brain's doing, but we don't know what you're seeing to be able to record how that's registering in your brain. But this is very early. This is stone tablet level technology of <laughs> Being able to at least know, okay, they're say they're dreaming about this. Here's what their brain looks like. We can mm-hmm. start the correlation process.
2: Yeah, and, and it's so tough too because, like you're talking about, you know, you, they're get you're getting. A couple minutes of dreaming at best and then mm-hmm. you're waked up hopefully you're not groggy and angry about it i mean i mm. guess you signed up for the study <laughs> so you shouldn't be angry about it uh, <laughs> yeah there's
0: some funny videos some guy gets pretty upset i will tell you
2: i would not this would not work well for the, me this I don't would like not be a study i i sign up for you know i don't yeah. <laughs> i don't like that very but, much but the um but you still have the problem because i know when i wake up from a dream i still you know the details are fuzzy the details are fuzzy even when you're in the dream yeah. Um, and so it's this monumentally difficult task of building an actually accurate um, correlation of what actually happened versus what, you know, the machine saw, because it's so hard to know what is really going on. And maybe that's OK. Maybe the fuzzy memory it is good enough because our dreams are fuzzy. Right. But it's certainly going to make it a lot harder to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's that's absolutely
1: true. I, I do think the cool thing is um, our ability to deal with fuzziness is just getting better and better as computers mm-hmm. get faster and we get more algorithms. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but Dan, I, I, you know, I, I helped you out earlier in the episode with some public service around mm-hmm. language. Um, I would like to help out the MIT team uh, as long as they give me some credit. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everyone dreams about mugs. Mm-hmm. And they really dream about F triple GBT mugs, right? Like that is like a reliable too. thing. And mm. when you dream about an F triple GBT mug, it is very clear. It's a lucid dream. And I think the starting point for clean data would be dreaming about F triple GBT mugs. And I just think that's what they should do. If they have everyone drink from a mug and then go to sleep, the correlation is going to be easy. Dan, it's
0: not bad. It's a perfect connection that we could do. We could work with them in collaboration. We could work with with collab, we we yeah.
2: collab with them. I agree with you. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, fabulous Mm -hmm. merchandise at low, low prices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if if you want a great water bottle, a great mug, some awesome shirts, perhaps, Mm -hmm. uh, you just got to go to the F-Triple GBT store. It's the thing to do. uh, I will tell you that. And also, you know, of course,
0: biology is nature's technology is a great quote. I've put it on a shirt and nothing says brain. Uh, or brain trust, like biology, your brain being nature's technology. Uh, that is fa- That is that is the way to go. FGGG.com forward slash merch is where you get that. We're going to talk about advertisements put into your <laughs> dreams or your podcasts later on. Uh, but before you get me too sidetracked here, Denon, let's go back to this dormi- the, the Dormio uh, system. Because yeah. I think, you know, what's interesting about this, Ben, you mentioned it being fuzzy, right? Mm-hmm. I think that we have this kind of strange disconnect because we can all agree dream logic is weird. You've got you know, time dilation, time expansion, things aren't necessarily connected. You know, Sometimes people in my dreams don't even have faces. Uh, I remember watching this movie called Waking Life that basically takes place all in a dream and the clocks, you can't really see what time it is. There's all these kind of weird little things going on and you jump from place to place, whatever. The language we use to describe our reality which is very logical, I think I'm not sure that that language applies to something as whacked out as a dream. And I think that might be part of where some of that disconnect comes in, where I think it is difficult to describe something that is so disconnected from
1: what we're used to in our waking life. Well, one of the things I think happens, and I'm fascinated by this always, is our dreams are pure experience. And I don't know about you too, but when I tend to think about memories or I tend to daydream and stuff, it is hard to do it without a narration. Like the English language takes control of my brain. Yes. Right? So the images are there, but Mm -hmm. somehow words are almost all – like there's a fascinating difference between memories and dreams to me. You would think they'd be the same, and I feel like the dreams are much more pure experience and then you wake up and, and now you're trying to add words after the fact to something that mm. words were not involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have never been really successful at meditation, but I feel like meditation is probably a little closer to this dream state where if you do it right, words leave and you're into pure experience.
0: I think that's true. I mean, that's a lot where emotion comes in. You know, there. Yeah. at the end of the day... I'm not sure that the English language is a great way to describe emotions, feelings and concepts. You know, I think some mm-hmm. some there are other languages that are much more suited to that sort of description where you can capture feelings and situations better than a logical description of what's happening, because that does not apply to dreams. <laughs> I mean, nothing. there's nothing logical, uh, logical about them, but I think we can affect them. All right, and so this is, I think, we're going to do a little shift here into the second part of *Strawberry Mansion*, which I think is interesting. Uh, and I'm going to start. I'm going to go back to the Dormio. And so the second phase, what they're trying to do with this particular device is capt—I I, I, almost—I almost said exploit, but to to capture <laughs> the power of dreaming and this the hypnagogic state, because we're extraordinarily creative. So what they try to do is is uh, guide your dreams. It's called targeted dream incubation. And what this basically means is they give you, um, you know, a, a verbal cue like a book or a painting and then they see, is that incorporated into the dream? How how does it work? You know, um, and sometimes while you're in this state, you can hear sounds and those start to become incorporated into your dreams. I'm sure we've all, you know, kind of had that situation where, you know, you hear a buzzing and you wake up and all of a sudden, you know, an alarm's going off or something like that. This right. is, so what I'm saying is that the outside world, the reality leaks into your dream world and we can start to manipulate that in, in subtle ways. Now, I know, Denon, this has happened to you on several occasions. I don't know why I said I know that. I'm assuming I've never been in your dreams, but I think we can guess that well, it has Well, how do you know, no. Um. I don't, It's true. I might be in your dream so, right yeah. now. I, I,
1: I love this because I, I, I it may not be clear, but I'm absolutely fascinated by dreams because mm-hmm. I think it's a, a core way to think about what's really real and not. Um, I will never forget, I think, um, even when I have Alzheimer's and dementia, which I hope I never get, mm-hmm. um, you know, the scary experiences as a child. I would periodically have nightmares of falling Okay. and wake up and having fallen out of my bed. And the oh. strangest one was I, I had actually fallen out of my bed, but I had tucked my sheets in so well, I got caught in my sheets. <laughs> so I hanging? was hanging on the side of my bed <laughs> in the sheets, Oh, that's having great. fallen out of bed. Yeah. And, but the, mm-hmm. the the experience of falling in the dream, mm-hmm. that was one dream where it was kind of like a safer feel of falling. Like I wasn't afraid and I wasn't crashing. And when I woke up, I wasn't crashing. I was just hanging in midair off the side of my bed. Right. Um, and I regularly now have the problem, or the situation you mentioned, where in my dream these really cool songs start happening. Maybe some dancing breaks out. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. that goes on for a while, then I realize, shit, I have to wake up. It's my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. What well, am no, just like that weird moment of like, when do I realize it's the alarm and when am I awake? Is just really confusing.
2: It is a strange, yeah. I had that problem a lot as a cranky teenager who didn't want to wake up, where I would use the radio back in the day mm-hmm. uh, to wake up. And yeah, those uh, those lovely uh, uh, early 2000s alternative rock hits would just show up in the dream. And I would just be like, oh, they're playing a great uh, concert in my dream. Well, I will tell you that, I mean, I was like
0: that as well. I mean, I didn't like being woken up by a rat rat rat. That was yeah. not... That was not for me. I I used the radio as well, but I had one where it would just slowly increase in in oh, yeah. thing. So that was that was um, nice. Well, I will tell you. So this particular device, the Dormio, uh, it uses what's called serial awakenings, which sounds like a nightmare <laughs> to keep you you know this dream dialogue this dream right. log going. But they use olfactory, your smell, and audio, you know, the sound cues during the dream to see what what shows up, right? But I I imagine then you told me this and hopefully we can tell our audience as well. But you said in your dreams, you actually have never had a
1: sense of smell or taste, which is interesting to me. That I remember. Now, let's face it. I have not remembered 100 percent of my dreams. Right. But lately, I don't know, for the last five years, maybe it was during the pandemic I got bored. I don't know. I've been really trying hard to focus on my dreams. And there's a couple of things I noticed. One, Mm -hmm. I don't ever remember smelling or tasting things. Um, I also realized that the sense of touch in my dreams is, is sort of episodic. Like, I will go through large periods where you, oh. I, you know, I am actually physically touching things, but mm-hmm. like not aware of it in, a, in any real way. And I realized most of the time I'm not really aware of what I'm, like, it's not conscious that I'm touching stuff in the real world anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other thing, like, in this sort of control of your dream space, I have like, Consciously tried to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do if this happens in my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten, I try to control elements of the dream, and that's also fun.
0: Yeah. Lucid hmm. dreaming is interesting. We talked you know, we did an episode on the passive device from inception yeah. where we talked a little bit about lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming is interesting and it's this hypnagogic stage where you can really start to take control of your dream. Yeah. But I will say, you know, I've, I remember the first time that that happened to me. Uh, I decided I wanted to fly and I was flying around my dream and I remember being like, oh my God, I finally taking control of the dream. The people in the dream right. were kind of like annoyed that I wasn't paying attention to them. But then <laughs> I tried this again and Now, when I try to take over a dream, I can never get the superpower to work. So (laughs) being a Mm. failure in your own dreams is super depressing when you think about it, because it's the one thing you should be
2: able to control. But I can't seem to do it. I mean, that that that's my problem. I mean, you know, I'll have these, you know, Jedi or whatever powers happening. uh, And then as the dream goes on, they'll slowly fade away um, and. And for you, it's not anger or sad. I, I feel, I think, fear mm-hmm. as that's happening, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm maybe I'm fighting something and I can't fight it anymore. Right. Um, I feel like that is my uh, that that's the usual downhill turn of my uh, of my dream
0: situation. We're all working well, through stuff in our dreams. Bro. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, I have a, a great analogy or similar thing to that. Um, I often have dreams where I'm having to fight things, either as a spy or a superhero, and sometimes they're mm. bad guys, sometimes they're evil monsters, different things. Sure. And I, I've, the other question that fascinates me, not only why do I not smell or taste things, Dan, mm-hmm. but I also wonder, can you actually do something in your dream you know nothing about? Like, can you do something new, mm. right? Or no. since it's all based on stuff your brain has, yeah. and I've noticed I've never actually killed anything in my dream. Like, Mm. I fight them and I do really well. Uh But in real life, I've read about killing, I've seen it on TV. You know, some of the things will look a lot like what happens in a TV act like when we did John Wick. Uh Watching a lot of John Wick. Uh I suddenly was doing a lot of action in my dreams, but (laughs) I never actually killed anyone in a dream. Now, you're talking about killing
0: a person because I'm guessing you've killed stuff. You snuff the life out of a spider or a fly or
1: something. No. Really? Nothing? Well, maybe accidentally, but never, never with memory. Like I've never woken up. and no, no, I I'm talking about life in real
0: life, Denon. I'm saying in real life. Oh, in real life, yeah. You snuff the life no, out of something. I'm sure you've rendered. Yeah, it but lifeless. that doesn't
1: count when you're fighting a living monster in your dr- like your dream doesn't make the analogy between the spider and this 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 being that looks like a person. Mine does,
0: so, man. <laughs> life is life, Denon. So, so
2: okay, yeah. It you, sounds. You, well, you, You've Dr. Dunn, like, you need to f- fight a lot more giant spider creatures in your dreams. Yes.
1: I think so. Yeah, except I'm scared to death of spiders, so that might be a problem. Is that true? Giant. Oh, man. Yeah, that would no, be. actually, I lie. It's snakes I'm scared of. I got confused for a moment, Dan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It happens. Uh, it happens. Okay, so speaking of being scared, the one thing I am afraid of are people penetrating into my dream world, which is the thing we see here in this movie, in *Strawberry Mansion*. Mm-hmm. You know, um, corporations are are projecting advertisements. Into dreams, which I think is part of why this dream tax is happening in the first place. Uh, But this is, you know, this is pretty interesting. The ability, uh, you know, for someone, some outside entity to start transmitting or projecting ideas, thoughts into your brain where your thoughts, your own thoughts are created. Manipulating that space uh, is a pretty scary concept, although it is kind of funny in this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what I, 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 what I love about doing our podcast, Dan, mm-hmm. is how much I learn, mm-hmm. right? And how much I get to think about reality. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully I learn from Ben correctly and I'll get this statement right. Um, I feel much safer about my, my dreams and my brain and my thoughts because I have finally realized that we don't have a thought detector organ in our brain, right? Mm-hmm. The reason we get inputs from the outside world is we have designed specific... Things to convert things from the outside world to a signal our brain understands. Um, I don't know that we have a thought receiver. We just have thoughts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it may actually be physically impossible without a receiver to project a thought into the brain.
2: Okay, I I mean that that's certainly possible, but there there are other ways to project information into your brain, like uh, like we discussed earlier. You know, you can hear the music of your alarm that should be waking you up, but isn't um, in your dreams. Uh, and so, you know, for all we know, the injection is, is auditory based, you know, these, these wonderful companies are, are telling us about their fabulous merchandise <laughs> at low, low prices. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, just playing it through the ear. Just, uh, it's just inspiring our brain to dream about these wonderful products. <laughs> well, that is interesting, because in the film, you do have to wear this
0: device that records your dream. Yeah. And so then it can be manipulating that way. So you're saying that this the easiest way to do this would not be to project and affect the chemistry of your brain or uh, push thoughts in there. So not that way.
2: You're talking about the subtle way to do it. I, I mean, certainly with our current technology, that's the way to make se- that would be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know, if we're thinking about like a, a cheapy device ad-supported models here, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're able to look at that hot air balloon because you because there's a fried chicken ad on the side of it, you know. Right. That, right. That's that's how you pay your taxes. Yeah. Um. Or at least that should be. You should be getting paid for the ads you're watching in your brain. In your brain. Uh, <laughs> uh, you better not be paying for the ads. Right. Um, <laughs> although in this dystopia, who knows? Right. Uh. But. It would take a lot more processing power to actually manipulate the brain into having thoughts than just subtly influencing you through things you see as you're falling asleep or through playing sounds while you're asleep. And so if I'm thinking about the uh, economic business way to do this, that's the way I would do it. I would would try to subtly influence you through your standard senses because that would be cheap and easy. Yeah, I really like that. Well, I will tell you that this
0: has been done. And this is you. You kind of nailed it. I thought you guys were going to go the chemical brain route. But you you, but this is good because you're right. And this works. So Coors Light in 2021. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. This was news to me are So they're legally locked out of advertising during the Super Bowl. Okay, Mm. Uh, so they decided that we're going to create advertisements in people's dreams and they used you know the thing I was talking about before uh, which I'm scrolling up to find because targeted dream incubation that's what I'm looking for so they were using targeted dream incubation to get people to dream about their product so uh, here is an excerpt from the press release that I thought was very funny With the help of Dr. Deidre Barrett, a leading psychologist, author, and expert on dreams, Coors created a film with specific audio and visual stimuli to induce the most refreshing dream you'll have all year. Using targeted (laughs) dream incubation, the science of guiding dreams, Coors will shape and compel your subconscious using a stimulus film and an eight-hour soundscape through the night to trigger you to dream the Coors big game ad. So they, so they really had a website which no longer exists. It's now an online gambling site. So there must've been some problem with this, but you could go (laughs) listen to this and they had, they put a lot of research into using this particular soundscape, this ad to make you dream about cores. This was shocking to me, but they've done it
1: and it apparently worked. No, I, I love that. And I think it goes to exactly what Ben was saying, right? We've evolved these systems to take input into our brain. So if you're going to be economic, you're going to leverage those. And and it's kind of scary but awesome.
2: Now, the the other thing,
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of like the nuclear bomb, Dan. Scary, scary but, awesome. but awesome. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I, I mean, all I know is if I'm sleeping with the soundscape of the uh, – that beautiful, pristine, cool, Rocky Mountain stream, how could I do anything but think of Coors Light and its wonderful beer? Yes. Yeah. Or urinating all night, because the sound of water right. always makes me... So I
0: don't know that it's right in the wheelhouse, but it, this apparently uh, Also a, par, a lovely part of the Coors Light product. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, yes,
0: Oh, very true, very true. So this begs the question then, you know, if this is possible and it's being done, How can we stop it? How do we block this? You know, and in the in the movie, we see that the woman has created this kind of device that she puts on her head to block the uh, the dream, the advertisements from being, you know, projected into her dreams. I mean, I guess you could just use the analog version and put in some earplugs if you don't want to listen to the (laughs) soundscape. Uh, But I think, you know, if this were to happen, I think we can all agree we would have to devise some sort of way to block this from happening.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I love the helmet in this because the added Christmas lights just really give it a flavor mm-hmm. that you know it's going to work, mm-hmm. right? Like, And it is so analog. There's even a dial on the side when he wears the helmet in his dream mm-hmm. yeah. to prevent and protect him. Turning the dial increases the protection, right? Okay. Um, and And what I love about it, Dan, I mean— Look, the ultimate analog device for this is the passive device of tinfoil, mm-hmm. right? right? You just yeah. use metal to block out electromagnetic waves. That's what you do. Right. The only mistake people make is you need a closed Faraday cage. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. depending on the wavelength, it can have holes in it. So you can have eye holes, you can have breathing holes. You just do need to get the aluminum a little more connected. Yeah. Um, a, a simple aluminum skull cap is not going to work. It doesn't cover your head well enough. Um, yeah, but yeah. there are lots of things, analog things: earplugs, tinfoil hats, mm-hmm. cool lights with um, oh. Christmas lights. Well, so tin foil, very, very tin foil doable mask. technology. Tinfoil mask. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 I mean, you'd be way better off in like a copper, um, copper mesh mosquito net bed. Okay. Uh, for blocking those electromagnetic waves, and then yeah, you're still gonna want the earplugs, the eye mask. Mm-hmm. You know, non-electronic versions of those to ensure that there's no. Uh, outside interference. Well, I, oh. I, I am a ma- I'm an
0: eye mask, earplug guy, so I've got half yeah, that so covered. you're good. I just need a tinfoil. I need a tin foil face mask, is what you're saying, and then I'm yeah. All yeah. Set. So,
1: or I do like the copper shield, though. I have to say, Dan, because you are a lover of analog technology. I certainly. Am. Um, one of the things we would discuss in our intro physics classes often when we were talking about radar guns, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. right for the speed trap, right? Because um, many of the design of radar guns would re- require reflecting off the metal in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In the early designs, so what you would do is take a nice big ball of tinfoil and put it in your wheel well, um, because as it drove around, it moved randomly and it would mess with the radar gun signal and make it unreliable wow, because the speed that. of the ball of the tinfoil ball in your wheel well. Now, this was theoretical. I have no experimental evidence that this actually worked, okay. but it kind of explained well reflection, Doppler shift, and how radar guns work. So right. it was a useful, a useful uh, thought. A thought experiment. Interesting. That is super interesting.
0: I didn't know about that. I yeah, mean, I remember, yeah. I don't even know if you can still buy those little beepers that would go off. I mean, I knew I had friends who had radar detectors and that would yeah. go yeah. off and, you know, I don't know if those, I don't even know. If, I think, I think they were illegal at the time. I don't know if those are still available, yep. but um, yeah, the ways to block the authority, I guess
2: is, you know, we're, we're being subversive here. It was always state by state. And, and that's what I like about this, um, this helmet we see because the reality is in this dystopian world, mm-hmm. um, if you just covered yourself in in um, a Faraday cage when you slept, they would they'd be onto you. They'd know you're uh, blocking the system. Mm-hmm. And so I like this helmet cuz I'm wondering if part of the reason this helmet has all these electronics and things on it is this is this more than just a helmet. Is this like some sort of fake out device mm. that is designed to you know, hack the net, the dream network so that it thinks you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But in reality, you're not. Well, that is a pretty
0: intense. Uh, that's a pretty intense theory, Ben. I think that has that theory kind of has everything. Um, but in case it doesn't, you know, I think we should we should open up our errors, additions and omissions section. Things we wanted to talk about, but we didn't quite get to uh, Denon. Is there anything about this movie or Ben's theory that you want to talk about?
1: Well, actually, Dan, I want to use this as a moment of therapy Mm -hmm. um, since we're discussing dreams. And it's been really bizarre. Like, you know, when you're in school, you dream about missing that exam having that you know mm-hmm. you know being late for class mm-hmm. somehow late in my life i've been having these weird dreams that i've gone back to princeton to get another degree um, <laughs> on top of all the degrees i have sure. and mm. it has two weird effects one is somehow i'm like living on campus for a semester and not like here in california with my family mm. but i've also <laughs> managed to drive there from southern new jersey so my my home location is very confusing yes mm. And the second thing is, I've realized I'm trying to get this degree, and I didn't go to a single class the entire semester. Not only am I missing one exam, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to anything. Wow. And I'm trying to figure out, like, if I just leave, will they not charge me? Because like, like, I already have a degree, so <laughs> what does it matter? Right. So I'm trying to figure out what this dream really means, Dan. So somewhere out there in our readership, someone can solve my deep-seated psychological problems, Um I I'd consider that a service to me yeah. um, at the level of solving your toilet bowl water issues. <laughs> yeah. Look, if anyone has
0: an answer uh, to Denon's or an interpretation to his dream, please put it in the comments below if you're watching us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Daniel J. Glenn, uh, or a comment on the, the next episode. Send us an email telling us all about yeah. it, uh, which we'll talk about in a second after we get to Ben telling us the things he wanted to talk about, but we didn't quite get to.
2: Well, you know, I've never felt more connected to Denon than in my life because I constantly dream. That wh- That's one of my most common recurring dream is going back to sc- finally going to grad school. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. You know, as an engineer, it's usually not necessary once you have, you know, 15 years of experience like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, do I dream a lot about going back to school. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I am a master of film and
0: television. You are simply a bachelor well, go. of engineering. Uh, but you know, I don't, don't want to you know, we don't need to put anything on the table and measure. Uh, but you know, measuring is I think what engineers are good
2: at. I mean I am I am less educated than both of my parents who both have master's degrees. So, you know, I, I, I've 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 bucked yeah. the the what you're supposed to do, which is get more educated yeah. than your parents. I'm sure
0: that they're very disappointed in you and your accomplishments. Uh yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, this is funny because I have similar dreams, guys. You know, I also have, I mean, when I was in college, I remember going to uh, math class. It was was freshman year and it was always at 8 a.m. And it was one of the classes Mm. that I missed a lot. And I remember I sometimes I'll wake up, you know, and run to class and it's already going on. I think uh, my final, I was actually late to my final and freaked out. So that (laughs) scarred me for life. Uh, But also there was one book that I didn't read in high school. It's called The Invisible Man uh, by Ralph uh, Ellison, A bit Ralph Ellison. OK, sounds And like I, I didn't sure. read it. And that was the only thing I ever wasn't prepared for. So these are two <laughs> things that happened way early on uh, that have scarred me for life in the dream world. Uh, but if you something has scarred you in your life, uh, in, in your dream world, uh, tell us about it. Let us know. Uh, you can get in touch with the show. We are on Twitter at F. Triple GBT pod. We are on Facebook at F triple GBT. Of course, our website is F triple GBT.com. And you can send us questions if you want to answer either any of our psychological issues that we've dumped on you through this podcast. Please let us know. We need the help, um, especially Ben, who's having trouble, you know, comprehending all of this because he doesn't have the education to really understand what's going on here. Uh, but of course, you can get in touch with <laughs> us individually. Denon,
1: where can people find you? Well, I'm on all major social media. Just flip my name. It's at and Michael. But if you are looking for me on Facebook, you got to keep it. You stick a prof in there at Prof um, The website is DenonMichael.com. The only anomaly is I jumped on YouTube way, way back in the past before mm-hmm. people had stolen Michael Denon. So my <laughs> YouTube channel is Michael Denon, where you can find the new series Physics of X, where X is everything but politics. I, so I do love that's the, that's me. I, I do love that. I do that people stole it. <laughs> like is, yeah, exactly. And a very group of
0: people have stolen yeah. uh, Michael Denon across. It was the, the, the anti-Michael.
1: Denning ring. They went out and grabbed it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, what about you, Ben? Where can people find you? You can find me on all the major social media networks at bseepser. How do you spell that? That's B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R course you can find me on twitter at daniel j
0: glenn on instagram at the daniel j glenn on facebook at analytical mastermind and i have a website it is danieljglenn.com and of course if you want to find this show or anything that i do daniel j glenn well that's not it it's youtube.com forward slash (laughs) daniel j glenn is where you
1: find it and if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform make sure you rate review and subscribe
2: if you enjoyed this video, hit the like button, subscribe, and ring that bell so you never miss an episode. And finally, this show contains
0: powerful information that can be misused by those hell-bent on world domination. Remember to take this information and do good with it. When given the choice, always be a superhero, never a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? You can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got, and you'll notice that we've got both a YouTube version and an audio-only version. Depending on what you like, we got it for you. And if you do like those videos, you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well. We're on YouTube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. And once again, if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to DanielJGlenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.